0: Long Depot, absolutely packed out. Love to see it. The WBC in Miami and the crowds are there. We're asking the question, can the Marlins ever tap into what seems to be a very buoyant Latin market in and around the area? Can the Marlins ever do it? Equally, there's some news to get into. Uh, Amaya, option down to AAA. What's happening at shortstop moving forwards? Equally, Sean Barrett is in the house. I need to ask him about Yuli Gurriel and also, Jose Iglesias. Tons to get into on Monday's episode of Locked on Marlins.
1: You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Greetings from Great Britain. Yes, sir. welcome to Lockdown Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast, and it is Monday, the 13th of March. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, mainly at Miami Marlins underscore UK. X Marlins Media, now just a fan with the podcast. Hit subscribe there. It is your team every day. Head over to YouTube as well. Hit subscribe there. Also, if you are watching, you will see Sean Barrett is with me. The UK GOAT. It is Monday, of course. It is UK-friendly
1: episode as well. Look at it. We have sunlight, Sean. Shocking, I know, but how are we doing, brother? Not too bad. Yes, we have sunlight, which is really nice. A little bit of warmth out there. Um, not quite the levels of uh, what we're seeing in uh, spring training on the no. WBC, but lots of baseball going on, lots of news going on. It's coming thick and fast. We really are at the uh, the thick edge of uh, spring right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. It is, uh, it is the thick edge. A lot is happening. We're starting to get kind of roster cuts uh, cruising in. We're getting some, you know, pitchers are being asked to do more. We're starting to piece things together. Like, it's all coming together. It's a bit of a unique situation, clearly, because Skip's trying to gel the the, the roster uh, and the lineup and the defense. uh, And and a few of the guys are missing because the WBC is happening. So not optimal for Skip Schumacher. However, us as fans, we have a lot to be excited about right now. There's just so much going on. There's pretty much 24-7 baseball, mate. The way the time zones work with all these pools, uh, pool games plus spring games still happening. Uh, I even forgot the Marlins were playing yesterday. I kind of looked up and, oh, wow, they played. And, oh, they scored one run and five hits. Okay, it's a spring game. You know, let's move on. But, Sean, let's start with the WBC, mate, because for me, my main there's quite a few takeaways I've got, but the main one clearly is, as Marlins fans, is just this, the the, the sight that Long Depot absolutely jam-packed out. 36 in the house, 36,000 for some of the games. Even for the Israel game, a day game, uh, there was like nigh on 20,000 there, mate. So for me, I'm just watching this um, feeling a little bit sad but optimistic about the future in some ways too. But equally, this is kind of like the you know what you could have won in many ways. And I just start dreaming about what the future could look like if the Marlins make a, a really big run or make a run into the postseason, like it could realistically look like this, perhaps. I don't know. Where's your head at on this one?
1: Maybe not quite like this. With Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> completely, completely full and, uh, and the, the party vibe that's currently going down in uh, Lone Depot Park. I mean, we're used to seeing this once a year. Opening day, we see full stadium. We see a yeah. team of friendship full of hope um, and expectations. And then it goes downhill, not mm. just attendance-wise, but record-wise as well. No, it's been really nice to see seeing the you know the the party on the concourse, the the the, the, the voices and the sounds and and the dancing. It. It's great to see. It's it's what what should happen at a baseball park. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to go there, enjoy a ball game, enjoy a party, have some drinks, bit of food. Should be great. It shouldn't be a case of the Marlins can only draw eight, nine, ten thousand die hard baseball fans who are yeah. slowly but surely slogging their way through the season. Mm-hmm. This should be a party atmosphere. It's Miami for Christ's sake. Yeah. It's it is a case of this would be an opportunity lost if they don't try and see what's worked. And obviously one thing that's worked is exciting baseball, winning baseball. That's always a key. But it would be great if the ownership team could could look at this and see ways to improve the experience on and off the field. Yeah, for sure. And
0: I think it, it the the thing you call out there is clearly the, the teams that are playing uh which are drawing these these you know sellout crowds, you've had uh Venezuela for two of the games, uh they've had two sellouts. You've also had the Dominican uh in, in game one there against Venezuela. Uh so Sandy was going for the DR. You've then had Pablito going for Venezuela as well. But really exciting teams, uh, both from a pitching perspective and offensive perspective. And listen, Latin, South American baseball is... It's just a different vibe, isn't it? Like, that's the thing. The the U.S. fans, and when we've seen the U.S. games happening, one of which being against Great Britain, uh, but they equally had one against Mexico yesterday, U.S. fans and maybe even players have quite a different approach, whereas you get some of the South American guys... And the fans, the vibe is different. The fans are different. Equally, the players are different too. I must say there's an Italian guy that I want to talk about as well later on, but I do think this is part product, part the fact that it's you know, a playoff type experience where you know you're condensing down into you know a WBC into a couple of games effectively, whereas you know one six, two, you know, a rainy Tuesday against the Diamondbacks, like it's tough to bring that energy. Um, but the guys are certainly turning up. The energy's there, the, the players are responding, and it looks fun. It looks very, very fun. Some people may not be overly enamored by it. Like, I, I get that. Like, it may feel like it goes a touch too far. Um, but overall, to your point, we just want to see fun. We want to see energy. Because baseball should be fun at the end of the day. And that's that's my main takeaway. And the Marlins certainly have an opportunity to tap into some of this. But again, it comes down to the product on the field, though, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can make the experience as fun as you, you want. If you lose hundred games every season for a decade, that ain't gonna help much. Um, no. but you spoke about you know, the, the Latin market that is in Miami. I mean that's a huge market and it's something that can be tapped in and it's not just it's not just baseball. You look at their I don't wanna call it soccer, but I know I'll upset some people. <laughs> you look at you look at the calls on the, the radio broadcasts and you look at the fans and the crowds, it's it's that whole you know, that whole environment is is super fun. I got into KBO baseball during the uh, COVID years because I'm a degenerate and I was watching games at God knows what time in the morning. Mm. And the fans there were crazy. It was, it was great. It was such a party atmosphere. And for me, I'd love to see that. And and Miami for me is, is perfectly made for that. It is. It is. I think that's the thing. It's like
0: that, Atmosphere that vibe perfectly suits the Miami and South Florida market. Like that's that's what people are looking for, and so it's how can the Marlins kind of just recapture some of that, create that situation. And and, and granted, if you know if what you're looking at on the field isn't fun, then it's going to be really hard to keep that energy, right? And so you know it's it's all pinch of salt. Like this isn't an apples for apples comparison, but one the one takeaway has to be that the market is there. And it's an old saying, but I think it remains a goody is, you know, if you build it, they will come. And I do think if the Marlins can find a way to tap into that market with a fun product on the field, then there's an opportunity to really just take things up a couple of levels. It doesn't have to be sellouts every day, uh, 36,000 every day. But just taking it up from 10,000, less than 10,000, once you're into the kind of guts of the regular season, up to 20,000 a game. 18,000 through the week, you know, these kind of numbers, it would fundamentally change not only the vibe in the ballpark, but the finances too. Like, there is this balance with the ownership, though, as well, right? And this is why it's hard for us as fans. The ownership are saying, come and watch the Marlins, and we will reinvest. And the fans are saying, product's boring, Put put a product on there that's fun, and we will come. And it's like which one comes first, the chicken or the egg type of discussion. So I'm, I'm with the fans on this one. I don't think you can, you know, as an ownership group say, it's a hundred loss team, but please come as regularly as you can and enjoy that. That's a tough sell. So the Marlins really need to be a winning club and a winning club for some time, but with some flair and some swag. And they do have that with some players, like, you know, with jazz clearly, um, you know, Sandy, the rotation, there's some pieces to be, to build around there. But there needs to be more of it, and it needs to be sustained, and it needs to be just the right culture and vibe in the ballpark too. Not just turn up, sit down here, have a hot dog, and go home, because that's pretty boring, fundamentally, right?
1: <laughs> but baseball can sometimes be a bit boring. Yes, I think they've done some. I think they've done some good things this offseason to improve that, especially for the younger uh, audiences. It, mm. And you're right; it is a case of they've got they've got this jumping board from the WBC. You've got Sandy, you know, a so Young winning pitcher, you know, a genuine ace on the top of your rotation, your young rotation, you've got Jazz. Like, these are the things that you need to sell. You you sell these right, you lock them up. Sandy's locked up, we know that. There's, there's no sense of, he's going to, you know, you get invested and all of a sudden they trade him away because he's at the end of his half years. Got him locked up to a, a, a pretty decent, controllable contract, for even for the Marlins. Yeah. They're running out of time to do it with jazz because that one-two punch, that tandem of players, that excitement, that enthusiasm. Sandy brings the excellence; jazz brings that you know that excitement. Hopefully, he follows suit and brings you know some improved play on the field. Uh, and you know he's young and he's developing, and I expect that to happen. But those two players really could bring people to the ballpark, and then that brings money, and then you invest it, and then you build for sustained. Winning, which is what they've always spoke about wanting to do. Yeah, but it's look—the words are easy. It's easy to say these things. Doing it and actually delivering it as well is something completely different.
0: It really is. It really is, and it—it's really tough to do, in particular when you botch your drafts for uh, a sustained period too. That's at the heart of many of the Marlins' problems right now. Is you sit back and look at the off-season moves in general and last season's off season as well, like just piece them all together. They're still missing. However you slice and dice it, you're still missing an impact stud middle of the order bat. Like you are. That's the thing that they haven't been able to execute on. They'll never be able to execute on that in free agency because they can't afford that. So they haven't been able to draft it and they haven't been able to develop it and they haven't been able to trade for it. And fundamentally that still is missing. Um, And That's a flaw for the way things are currently set up. They need to be bold and try to spin some of this pitching into that that impact stick. That remains the priority here for the fish. It's been a priority for some time. If, If they play center field too, that would be absolutely phenomenal, I'd say. But, you know, I don't think it is position specific now. You've got opportunities in the corners. You've got opportunities pretty much all over the field. Impact stick is required. With that being said, guys, let's talk about our good friends over at LinkedIn. Um, Let me get this ad queued up first. But these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, It's pretty easy to use, very easy to use, to be fair. You just create a a free job post on LinkedIn. Uh, You can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, spreading the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Uh, You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Sean, continuing down the WBC theme. Couple of things for me. Sandy, bit of a wobble. Pablito, definitely not a wobble. So nice to see those guys uh, out there. Um, other highlights too include uh, Luis Arias, looking nice at first base, by the way, like there was some good plays he had yesterday. Gene Segura, No action yet. Um, So there's a few things to stand out. Also, uh, Ronald Acuna, speaking about that, there's been a little bit. We've already. It's only the 13th of March, and the Marlins Braves discourse around Acuna has already flared up. I thought that was kind of like, we're going to put that in the past with Don Mattingly. It remains. It's always there. Um, Let's talk about Sandy, though, first, mate. He, you know, all the pitches are on pitch counts uh, at this point, but. Really, it's high leverage innings. This is the point that I made. Like, th- there's a lot of risk here, where all of a sudden, for the Marlins, they have their ace going out there in games that, and, and situations where he wants to really perform and get guys out. Fundamentally, not in spring where it's like just go through the motions, um, whatever. But no, Jacob Stallings behind the plate. Sandy, not his best start. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of the game, but um, overall, how are you? How are you feeling about this whole Sandy Alcantara situation pitching for the DR? No stallings, but you know he's continuing to build up um, away from the Marlins organization. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I'm feeling a little bit, a little bit
1: nervous about this whole situation. What about you? I, I think it's going to be fine. It is that case of the Marlins have players going to the WBC because they have good players. That's always a positive. Yeah, it could be a case of we could have all our players in camp, working their way up, ready for the season. But them not being picked would be for a reason. Sandy being there, yeah, he wasn't a great star. And to me, that's not a concern. It is a case of you're going up against all-star lineups. You're playing for your country. This is something that you don't see in American sports so much as you do with European sports, players playing for their country. This is something that we have all year round, every year, um, especially in, in in football. So this is something that's different to them, it's new to them, it's 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 not quite once in a lifetime opportunities for jazz it genuinely mm. might be no. but it is a case of these are these are extraordinary circumstances that they there are nothing to do with you know like you said a, a boring april game in in Lone depot park playing against you know i guess you play a lot of your division um, but you know some of those games just aren't as stellar as others these are, these are big-profile games. These are big-profile mm-hmm. innings and pitches. And having Sandy on that mound, for me, is a positive mm-hmm. because we have a player of that stature. Yeah. Yeah, same. Equally,
0: the, uh, where I was going is uh, you're nervous, right, in some ways. Like, everyone's nervous. All the clubs are nervous about their their players performing in these um, in these games. The other thing that, that I've called out is it's great for Sandy now to, like, a couple of weeks away from opening day – to be in this leverage spot and to go, oh, oh, didn't quite have it today. Maybe I'm not quite as ready as I thought I was. Maybe I was feeling a little bit, you know, I was overhyping it. Not overhyping. that's the wrong way of phrasing it, but you start to get in your head thinking everything's going to be okay. Next thing is, not the greatest outing. He's like, okay, things to work on. That's good. And it creates an opportunity. You know, he wouldn't think about maybe, well, I don't, I don't know that for certain, but maybe he wouldn't think of things in the same way in a, just a traditional Marlin spring game. But to be out there, packed crowd, going against uh, Venezuela, Luis Arias as well. This was the fun thing. Luis Arias with a, a big double, I think, against Sandy as well. So the, you know, the clubhouse guys there had you know face to face, head to head in that one, and Luis Arias coming out on top. But I like it the fact that Sandy got a little bit of tap. To be honest with you, like, think it's good. Gives him a way to, to you know, a few takeaways. Go and work on it. Um what have you made of all this uh, Ronald Acuña stuff mate it, it just keeps rearing its head um for whatever reason it maybe it will never die um this this narrative around Acuña and uh, and Sandy and the Marlins etc i mean every time a pitch goes anywhere near Acuña the the reaction is over the top uh both in terms of Acuña himself and the fan base that follows uh, him in terms of the Braves uh will this will this narrative ever die do you think
1: uh no because he won't let it. Akuna won't let it. That ball was closer to the strike zone than it was to him. Mm. And yet you see him react and jump out of the batting box and um, put on this whole good song and dance. Yeah. I mean, I know it's the movie award season, but I think he's a bit too late for a nomination <laughs> at this he's point. He's missed it. He, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? it? The ultimate point is he likes to crowd the plate. He likes to be able to, to see that that bottom corner of the strike zone get a good swing off on on pitches that are difficult to hit. And as a result, he's up on the, on, so he, he uses that to his advantage. He is literally saying, I own the inside. And if you come anywhere near me, I'm going to make all this song and dance. And then when you hit me, you, we saw Pablo get pulled after, was yeah. it the first pitch? First pitch, I think. leave no, first Pablo couple of pitches, is at least. The, the least likely person to do that with malice. Absolutely. And it's, he wins all the time because he can make that happen and obviously it blows up on social media because the Braves have this huge fan base yep. and to me it's it's a shame because we talked earlier about Acuña is and should be a star of baseball across yeah. the world yeah um, and to me that kind of football mentality rolling around on the grass and making a big song and dance for a little bit of a nibble it's it doesn't work for me it takes away from the game he should be hitting home runs stealing bases scoring runs winning championships and, and being a star player this detracts from that for me
0: completely does summarized it perfectly i'd say mate he's an elite player no doubt um he is also a very sore loser which is understandable he's young too but he he doesn't handle adversity very well in terms of losing in my opinion and also you like you said the the you know, the rolling around and the over-exaggeration of stuff. Like, it's, you know, we're not Braves fans. I, I, I like Acuna as a, as a talent um, for certain. But the other thing I have to call out is Acuna, elite player, he's a bit of a tool. It is what it is. The two aren't, you know, they're mutually exclusive. You can be an elite player and a bit of a tool, and the reality is that's my view on Acuna at this point. Um, you know, young in the head a little bit. They're having fun. I'm all for fun. But at the end of the day, he doesn't take defeat well. He likes to throw the clown emoji out, which is one of the most triggering emojis, I must say, out there. Um, so he knows what he's doing. And he just over-exit. Let's just move on. Crack on. Um, Sean, I did want to talk to you as well about uh, the, the news that dropped over, well, the back end of last week as well. Yuli Guriel finally did sign with the Marlins. They ended up getting him on a minor league deal. And Jose Iglesias, it was bang, bang. Um, I'm going to let you ponder on that in a sec. But quickly, let you know about our good friends over at Built Bar, of course, guys. Uh, and it is the Built... Oh, hold on. Press the wrong button. <laughs> it's the Built March Madness bracket is here. And we know we know you have a favorite bar or puff. Now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. Um, you can... And uh, when you put your vote down, uh, your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entering into a draw where 50 lucky locked-on listeners get a box... Of built for free. Not only that, but one locked on fan will get a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try those builts. Uh, they're the best protein bar ever. Seriously, that's why they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. What makes them good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So where have you got to go? For a chance of a year subscription here of Bills, you go to builtmarchmadness.com. It's all one word, builtmarchmadness.com. Vote for your favorite bar or puff. Pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Love that. Love that new campaign from Built. That's flames. Um, Sean, what would you take, though? Yuli in? Iglesias in? Uh, do you see them...
1: Making the roster here, opening day, both of them, one of them, neither of them. How do you see it going? I think the depth is is a positive. I mean, especially yeah. with ule We were getting a little excited. I don't know if excitement's the right word. But <laughs> when the Miners took their first bite at him, to, it, it didn't work out. And, and now they've, they've, they've finally met up. And it's a minor league deal. This is a zero-cost you know, decision. This is there's no way that this can end poorly other than if he really doesn't play well and they continue to give him at bats. But it is a case of the Marlins were, in my opinion, a little shaky with that depth. Mm-hmm. It was a case of injuries happen in bunches, don't they? It's not just one guy goes down, comes back and a different guy goes down. You get yeah. two or three go and all of a sudden you're looking at the lineup and you've got this this September lineup of a hundred-loss team in June, and you realise that the season's already over. This depth will help. I think Yuli has the the bigger chance for me, just because of the need at first base. We've talked all off-season about the idea that Coop needs somebody to back him up. Yeah, uh, and it, there were enough at-bats. I think there was genuinely enough at-bats for both of them. Yeah, the, the team clearly want to move. Solaire into the outfield, they want to, you know, it's a case of they're they're piecing together. I don't see this one to nine every position 120 times a season. I think there's gonna be a lot of chopping and changing Mm. and having more opportunities because not all these guys are gonna perform. We saw plenty of that last year. So having more options, having more major league level options. That you piece together, and, and the hottest hand will win out. There's yeah. all these guys are basically battling for 400 to 450 at bats, and then with injury, other guys will take over, and and with performance, other guys will take over. You're literally playing for your your plate appearances, and for me, that's fantastic. When you've got a player underperforming, knowing like we saw last year with Avi, he's underperforming, but they put him in the lineup every time. If you've they got do. a guy out hitting him, then at a certain point. If that didn't happen last year. There weren't people taking over a spot because there weren't people performing. No. The more people you've got, the more opportunity you've got for people to perform. You 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 lose at bats if you're not performing. And that would be fantastic for the Marlins.
0: That's the way it should be. That's what I've said, you know, weeks ago. Every everyone should be fighting for their spot. And that's why it's a bit frustrating when you just go, Well, Abby's being paid this contract, so he's gotta be in there. No. Earn that spot, Avi. And actually, he's having an okay spring. He's definitely cooled off recently, but um just on Iglesias too, Iglesias in the, the corresponding move effectively was Jacob Amaya was then optioned away from um, the spring camp and down to AAA. Um, we hear then from Christina Di Nicola saying he's working on a swing change and they wanted to go and you know work on that away from the team and get some more at bats, etc. etc. Um, Iglesias, though, uh, I, I do I do think there was a need to have another infielder on the roster as as well as birdie. I think birdie clearly will make the roster, but you know, birdie will add depth everywhere. I've always felt that they'd need someone with Wendell to potentially kind of directly platoon with him, maybe. Um, so I I think this one makes a ton of sense in some ways. However, it potentially doesn't show some good signs for all of the, the work the Marlins have done in the middle infield, like Groshans, Amaya, Edwards, Garrett Hampson, I know he's a minor league deal, but those other three guys have mentioned, all on the forty man, and they go and get um they
1: go and get Iglesias. I guess what that says is those three not quite ready yet, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially Groshans and the as you said. They're both yeah. relatively young. And it is a case of I think I spoke in the off season talking about the idea that if the Marlins have them on the opening day, starting lineup mm. something. Gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> is a Iglesias that much of an upgrade? I'm not sure. Oh, but I'm not sure. He's a, he's a contact hitter with a, a, a genuine career's worth of, of stats. With Amaya and Groshans, you're hoping, you're, you're projecting, you're predicting what's going to occur. With Amaya, if he just plays to his career norms, you've got a nice contact hitter who can mm-hmm. be a defensive replacement in the middle infield. And and yeah, as you as you said, the Marlins have got. Lots of options for the middle infield spots, but they're playing so many of them outside of those positions, they actually end up having middle infield lack of depth.
0: You're completely right. This is it. They've got, what, five second basemen? But they're spread out everywhere because they haven't got any other guys playing in those spots. Uh, clearly, Jazz Chisholm in centre field being uh, the most talked about. But Mean Gene over at third base, uh, Luis Urias, uh being asked to play second base. He looked pretty neat, actually, at first base, I must say, for, for Venezuela uh, yesterday. So I'm really intrigued. As we sit here, we're, we're recording this pre-game today, and both those guys we've talked about, Yuli uh, and Iglesias, are starting today for the Marlins. So really intrigued to see how they go. They took some at-bats, I believe, uh, the day before last. Guriel within those at-bats, um, homered, Uh, Iglesias, I think, had some loud contact as well. So there's some jobs here for these guys, both Guriel and Iglesias, to go and get them. We definitely need depth at first base. I think we still need depth as well in the middle infield. Birdie, I think, is on this roster. And then really it's going to come down to what they're going to do in this outfield spot as well. We don't have time to get into that one. We're going to call it a day there. Uh, Sean Barrett has been at work all day, including the morning time. So I'm going to go and let him have a snooze. Uh, and and recharge the batteries. But with that being said, guys, thanks for making Lockdown On your first listen of the day. Thanks for joining me and Sean on a Monday. Uh, Of course, it's a daily pod. So reminder, hit subscribe wherever you get them. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow on Tuesday. It's going to be a solo pod, I believe, on Tuesday. So uh, you've got that to look forward to. Uh, I want to dig into Mean Gene Segura at third base and his connection with the WBC. I also want to dig into Edward Cabrera. Uh, One thing that we ran out of time to get into today, and maybe we'll have more information by tomorrow, is why is Eddie being pushed backwards and actually out of a spring game directly into a backfield game? Looking to try and get some more info on that, guys, to understand, is there a problem here with Edward Cabrera? Um, But equally, what we now know as well, there is an option year that is now being added that was granted and a a fourth option year for Eddie Cabrera. So tons to get into on Eddie plus Mean G and whatever happens in today's game. We'll see you tomorrow.